This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. It takes a lot of hard work to make it look easy. This Mother's Day, Duluth Trading Co. can help you give her something that keeps up. Whether you prefer to shop online or in-store, Duluth has a motherload of gear, goods, and gifts to keep her comfortable and capable, no matter what needs doing. With Duluth's problem-solving details and legendary durability to boot, you'll finally be mom's favorite again. Check out DuluthTrading.com for all your Mother's Day gifting needs. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast. Brought to you by the team here at the magazine. Join us as we chat all things gardening with the nation's favourite experts. Houseplants can be tricky to keep looking good, but with the right advice, it's possible to get and keep them looking great. Once you know what you're doing, you can even bag a bargain, buying some of those ropey-looking discounted ones, confident that you'll be able to save them. Hello, I'm Miranda, and I'm joined by Sarah Gerard jones a.k.a. Instagram's The Plant Rescuer, who's here to share her knowledge and guidance on indoor plants. I started by asking her how different is growing houseplants to gardening outdoors? When you contain a plant in, in a pot, it has no way of getting the things it needs other than relying upon us. So yes, absolutely, it's very different to gardening because... In the garden, it can receive rain and nutrients from the soil, but in your house, there is none of that. So yes, we have to be great plant parents to keep them alive. And it's interesting you use that term plant parent, because I think that's where that comes from. I think you have quite a, maybe intimate's a weird word, but it's reliant on you, isn't it? You know, if you do something wrong, it's going to go wrong. But also if you do something right, it's so rewarding, isn't it, with houseplants? Totally. And that's why my house is completely full of rescue plants, because I just find it really rewarding rewarding to see them you know come back to life with just a little bit of care and I'm completely addicted to that yeah oh that's yeah on top of plants themselves being lovely I think you're right it's it's a really nice rewarding and satisfying thing to to stop it from dying and bringing it back so it leads me to ask you sometimes you look at a house plant and you want to figure out is it too far gone is it dead 
Or actually, is it at a point that I can bring it back? Are there any tips to tell that by looking at a plant? Well, actually, that's a question I get asked a lot on Instagram. And I actually put a section in my book, which is called When It's Time to Say Goodbye. And that outlines the things to look for if a plant is dead or not. (laughs) So you need to be like a doctor. You need to look for vital signs. For example, growth. Has the plant stopped growing? Um, So no new leaves in quite some time. And if the plant has signs of new growth anywhere, then there is still hope. And then I would advise to look at the colour of the plant. If the whole plant is brown or yellow, um, maybe that's not a great sign. But if there are any parts that are green, then there is hope there. Um, But the best place to look for clues to how healthy your plant is and whether it can be brought back to life or not is definitely in the pot at the roots. Um, And that's the biggest clue whether the plant is alive or dead. So if all the roots are mushy or brittle and easily snap off, then the plant is dead. But if there are some healthy roots, then the dead ones can be cut off and the plant may survive. Um, It's worth mentioning that even if the roots are dead, you can still save part of the plant by propagating the green part. So the plant as it is might die, but propagating it, um, a part of it lives on. And I remember from outside, sometimes just a bit of nail on a woody stem or something, you know, just scratching below the surface, you know, because sometimes I think it is brown on the outside. But if you go just a little bit, seeing if it's brown or green, is that something you do with houseplants as well? Well, definitely if it's a woody stem, for sure, yes. But but I really think that taking a look at the roots will tell you everything you need to know and, and give you uh, clues to whether it can be saved or not. Roots in general, should be sort of a light colour and they definitely shouldn't be brown and mushy or have any kind of smell about them because they are rotting. (gasps) So, yeah, I think definitely go go and check out the roots if you're in any doubt. What's the most common cause of houseplant fatality? Houseplant murder? Houseplant murder. Okay, so I think there are definitely some things to avoid um, to uh, make sure that your plant doesn't die when you get it home. Don't put the plant where you think it looks nicest, for example. It might look nice in the corner of the room, but if it's far from a window, it will die a slow death from a lack of light. So the priority really should be what the plant needs, not aesthetically what you need to make the room look good. So put the plant where it will receive sunlight on its leaves, on a windowsill or close to a window where it will be able to photosynthesise. Putting a plant far from a window will absolutely lead to problems guaranteed. So the most common cause, if you water a plant that isn't getting the required intensity of light, the water will remain in the soil, which starves the roots of oxygen. And that is the most common cause of houseplant deaths. Water combined with a lack of light uh, leads to anaerobic soil which becomes a breeding ground for bacteria, and that will eventually lead to root rot. So I suggest never watering your plants on a schedule. I don't advise every Saturday tipping water into all your plants because they just might not need it. So all plants are different, and all plants don't need water on exactly the same day. So always check the soil for moisture before watering, and you can do this by lifting up the pot and weighing it in your hands if it's small, Or if the pot feels light, it probably needs water. But if it feels heavier than usual, it still might have some water in it. For larger pots, you can use your finger and push it deep into the soil and feel if it's damp or dry. So, yeah, I think um, to answer your question, the most common cause is is a lack of light combined with water to, to cause this anaerobic soil, which leads to root rot. Yes. And you mentioned too much water, but not enough water. Or you mentioned not enough, but I'm thinking too much because I always think that can be a problem that the 
consequence is the same, aren't they? They 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 wilt effectively, don't they? So how would you encourage someone to be able to tell the difference as whether their wilted plant is too thirsty or drowning? Yeah, exactly. You can you can finish off a plant. Uh, effectively by not checking why it's wilted. I think our assumption is when we see a wilted plant, we go, oh, it must need water. But in actual fact, if the roots are rotting, that plant is unable to get the water that it needs to keep the leaves turgid. So you must check what's going on beneath the soil to find out if it's dry or if it's rotting. So it's simple. You stick your finger in the soil, you can feel it's bone dry, then you can assume it's wilted because it needs water. But if you stick your finger in the soil and you feel like it's damp and you see it's wilted, then you can assume the roots are rotting. So if someone's listened to this podcast, they're having a look at their plant and they're going, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. What is the next step if you have realised you've been overwatering your house plant? Because if it's too dry, there's an easy remedy, isn't there? You can, you can water it, right? If you've been overwatering your house plant, what do you recommend people do to remedy that? Uh, depends how bad the damage is, I think. If there's a few, just one or two yellow leaves that have been caused by overwatering, you can put your plant somewhere brighter and warmer so that it gets the light it needs to use up that water in the soil. But if things are looking really bad um, and more than sort of half the plant is yellowing, then um, you can use clean scissors to snip away any roots that have rotted and leave only the firm ones attached to the plant and then rinse those remaining roots, leave them to dry off. And then depending on how much of the root ball has been lost, you may choose to repot it into a smaller pot um, with fresh houseplant soil. That's really important because there's all sorts of bacteria in that rotting soil. So discard that. And if you are planting it back into the original pot, make sure you wash that pot thoroughly. And then put that that plant close to a window and hold off on watering for at least a few days because those roots need to recover. And the plant will definitely look worse before it looks better. And some may not recover at all, but it's definitely worth being patient and seeing what happens. And doing nothing for a bit. I think that's the hard bit, isn't it? Doing nothing, exactly. <laughs> I think I think as as, um, as houseplant growers, we have a tendency to really fuss over our plants and, you know, we don't give them long enough to adapt to what's just happened. And we stress it more by doing that. Well, yeah, I was thinking, you know, you might think, oh, a feed will perk it up and that's not going to help at all, oh, is it? Exactly. No, do not <laughs> feed a plant that's that's unhappy in any way. And don't feed a plant, actually, that's really dried out and in very dry soil. You shouldn't just go and feed that plant because that will end up in, in trouble too. Is that because it's scorching the roots? Do you think that's the exactly. biggest problem? Exactly that. You need to water it first, allow it to just recover. And then if you want to feed it, then maybe do it in a week or so. I think I think this is so helpful. I'm sure lots of people listening are going to think, "Hey, <laughs> I can I can save my houseplants because it is Absolutely. tricky. It yeah, is tricky. It's tricky. They're great. And I think sometimes when we buy them, they've been growing in these amazing conditions in greenhouses with you know so much technology and information, growing thousands of plants, and so they look amazing. And it can be really hard. I mean, I know sometimes we buy them in flower, and it can be hard to get them to flower again. Do you have any tips for that with houseplants? Absolutely. And, it, and it's really not tricky. Um, I, I did a, a series recently um, for Gardener's World magazine about flowering houseplants. And the best way to get them to reflower is light. That is what your plant needs. It needs that energy to build up to be able to bloom. So, yeah, if you want your plant to flower, move it closer to a window. 
It's as simple as that. Does that come with a caveat of <laughs> as long as it's not a shade loving? Uh... <laughs> this is this is a good point. This is a good point. Yes, I, I should caveat with that. And also, of course, um, it might need a feed as well. That helps too. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click gift mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, gift mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. So we've talked about the most common causes of houseplant murder, which we could do a whole Scandi series of um, whodunits. But um, what about when they're just looking a bit ill? Do you have any advice for um, perking up ill-looking houseplants? Well, can I just say, most problems are caused by not researching about the needs of the specific plant you've got. So all plants need light to survive, but some need a greater intensity than others. For example, cacti and succulents, which need to be on a windowsill if they are to stand any chance of thriving. And then you have things like the calathea, which would burn to a crisp on a bright windowsill. So if you get the light right, then your plant stands a much better chance of thriving. I'd say another cause of a plant looking unwell can be what it's potted in. Again, this comes down to doing your research about where your plant comes from in the wild. Cacti and succulents survive in areas with very free-draining, sandy, gritty soil with low organic matter. So they should be potted in something similar to that. You can buy ordinary shop-bought houseplant soil and, and add other ingredients to tailor it to the species of plant you have. Um, but pests are another common cause of ill-looking plants, of course. So I advise buying something like a hand lens so you can take a closer look at the leaves to identify what pests might be attacking the plant. You know, we, we're very familiar with the pests outside in our gardens, but they come in. They are not just outside. They come in, in and they can infest our plants inside too. So... Um, Identify what pests might be attacking the plant and the quicker you can identify that, uh, the better chance you have of the issue not getting out of control. It's lovely. It reminds me, it reminds me of my training and, um, you know, we'd say a, a hand glass. We'd use like these little jewellers ones. You can probably get them online. You know, they just slot out and slot back in. I think jewellers use them for jewellery, but you, I'd have one on a necklace when I was working as a botanical horticulturalist. And they'd say that that as a horticulturalist is so much more valuable than your secretaires or anything else. I think having a look, as you say, before you make any decisions, 
options is is really important. So I think I think you're right that the hand lens is is a lovely addition to all the other kit, all the other lovely bits and pieces you get to buy when you when you get into house plants. Do you think there's anything else we can be aware of other than light when you bring a house plant home to give it its best chances of doing well? Well, I have kind of like five tips that I would um, encourage people to do when they bring a house plant home. Number one, I've already mentioned, do your research, but it's so important because actually you need to identify what species of plant you have and they're not always labelled correctly. Some aren't labelled at all. Some are just helpfully labelled foliage plant. So number one, I would do your research, find out what you have. And it's not hard to do that. The internet is a great place to find out what plant you have. And then don't put it where you think it looks nicest. I get literally driven mad by these um, DIY programs which decorate rooms with plants and they put them at the back of the room on a bookshelf. And I just want to scream at the TV, like that might look nice for now, but that is only going to kill the plant. So think of the plant's needs first and position it in good light. It's essential. If you are to be successful at growing that plant, light is essential. I've mentioned before as well, always check the plant needs watering before adding any because you can quickly kill a plant if you're watering on a schedule and not checking that it needs it. Another point to make is that a lot of the plants we buy are often grown in the same substrate just for ease and cheapness at where they grow the plants on an industrial scale. So, you know, you might find that you have a succulent that's been grown in a really kind of heavy compost, which is not the correct substrate for that plant. So you might want to think about repotting that plant at some point not straight away you must let your plant acclimatize first to the environment that it's been put in in your home but maybe in like a month or so you might decide that the substrate needs replacing because it's not suitable for that plant and then lastly I would advise that you need to feed your plant with a good fertilizer because that will keep providing the nutrients it needs for good growth. Super. And it's, it's really interesting hearing about what you get asked on Instagram. Are there any other like reoccurring kind of misconceptions or problems that come up again and again that you think are really helpful for people to know? I think going through winter, I get a, I get a lot more questions and it's always, my plant was doing so well and now it's failing and I've not done anything different. But this just shows you the importance of light because of course here in winter the light is a lot less than in summer so of course a plant that was thriving in summer was getting great light intensity and the warmth it needed to grow and then in winter it's not getting that so I think that is a reoccurring thing that people are puzzled by my plant all of a sudden is just failing but it's just the change in season so you need to kind of adapt with those changes in seasons and that might be moving your plant a bit closer to a window or putting it under a grow light or something like that so um, don't just assume that your plant is always going to look fantastic winter is a really tough time for all of our house plants. Well, it comes back to that thing, doesn't it, as we were saying to start with, that your plant isn't growing where it's been adapting for thousands of years to survive. You know, your living room um, hasn't been taken into account or, you know, vice versa. But you've mentioned grow lights, which I'm very, very excited about. And I'd quite like to kit my hot house and change every light bulb in my house with a grow light. Do you have any advice for people wanting to try and get some more artificial light into their house? Do you think it's easier than it's been, you know, in recent years? 
Uh, definitely. I mean, I think uh, a couple of decades back, we were looking at these huge kind of purple mm-hmm. suspended things, which were really <laughs> ugly. But now it's so easy to get just a bulb that can screw into any ordinary light fitting. So you can essentially have plants anywhere in your room, as long as it's underneath one of these grow lights. And it's really inexpensive as well. I mean, you can get a really good full spectrum light bulb for £20. So um, I would encourage everybody to 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 go and get a grow light because then you can make the room look at its very best as you you know you want that plant at the back of the room you can have it but just make sure it's got that grow light any problems with grow lights any hazards to be aware of i think it just takes a little bit of trial and error to find out where best to position the grow light as in terms of distance from the plant uh, but just you know just observe what's happening and see if you, you might need to, to put it a bit closer or a bit further away if it's burning the leaves um but yeah i i just always advise you should be observing your plants on a regular basis just so you can pick up any changes that might happen and that is a way to hopefully stop any problems before they get out of hand. So I want to talk about your favourite houseplants. Before we get to that, um, because you are the plant rescuer, you are the person that I would want to take to a garden centre round the corner to the bit where, you know, they've either got a trolley or a shelf and all the stickers are on saying, you know, 50p or you know, sometimes strepicarpus for some reason seem to get reduced. Um, and all these lovely houseplants and they are a fraction of the price. Um but they might look a bit ropey. So how are you? You're with me. (laughs) How are you going to help me choose? Okay, that one's all right. That one, maybe the garden centre have put a price on it, but actually it should have gone. Is there anything? I know you've talked about it at home, but when you're looking to buy, what, what can you do? Well, number one, I'm going to hold you to that and we are going to go together to go and rescue some plants <laughs> because fun. the idea of that makes me really excited. Okay, so the first thing I do when I go to the discount shelf is I always take my hand lens. I know that mm-hmm. sounds a bit geeky, but I always check for pests first. Now, that's not to say you shouldn't pick up a plant with pests because you can, if there's not that many, deal with that. But if you're not willing to take that on board, then you might want to leave that plant behind if you see any evidence of pests. Sarah? your other plants I mean that's my heartbreak you know are you Mm -hmm. going to sacrifice them by bringing home something with pests that's the question isn't it I guess well the the thing is with my house is I have every type of pest here so that's not really an issue (laughs) I just like you know I find that like a challenge that's fine for me I I learn lots by dealing with pests so that's fine for me but yes if you do get a, a plant and it has got pests you should probably quarantine it away from the rest of your collection because you don't want them to spread um but yeah I as we were talking about earlier, the next thing I would probably do is um, I'm going to look for signs of why this plant is on the discount shelf. Why has it been put here? So I would check the soil. Is it very dry? The plant might just need some water to perk it up. And that's such a simple win. And I mean, you can just feel like you're the business, you know, because all you did is give it a drink and now it looks amazing. Or the soil could be really damp and in that case the plant might just need light and some warmth to kickstart its recovery so look at the environment the plant has been kept in can give you vital clues to what it needs so has it for example been beside the entrance of a shop which mm. i see at the moment and it drives me mad i think or why outside would you put the entrance of the outside shop? <laughs> like, tropical plants i mean seriously they do not like it being cold so you know in which case the cold could have damaged it um has it been starved of light 
if you can work out what's caused the plant to look the way it does, then I would say buy it and do the opposite. Mm -hmm. That's where I always start. I think, okay, it's not had any light. What does it need? It needs light. It's very simple. So you give the plant that's been sat on a dark shelf some light. You put the cold plant that's been sat in a draft warmth on a warm windowsill. Um, so yeah, my, my advice when looking for discounted plants is to look for clues to understand what's caused the plant to look like it does. Um, what I would consider a waste of money is anything with, you know, a lot of pests, you know, any more than sort of five mealybugs. And I, I wouldn't bother tackling that because that's already kind of an infestation that's out of hand. Um, mealybugs, oh, sorry to jump in, but mealybugs are so common, aren't they? It's worth describing them, isn't it? They're kind of cotton bully whitey kind of wood lice aren't they is that a fair description yeah if you see any sort of white as you say cotton wool type things in the nooks and crannies of your plants where they like to hide then it's very likely it's going to be mealybugs and i mean you can you can get rid of them but it, it it's an ongoing battle with with mealybugs do you use alcohol what do you use to clean off yours yeah i use methylated spirit that's my go-to yeah do you dilute it or straight I'm up? I'm straight in there. I'm straight in there. I'm straight in there with a brush and I'm yeah, dabbing yeah, those yeah. things. Yeah. But you know, the problem is that they have babies that are tiny, mm-hmm. minuscule that you can't even see. So yes, I can dab the ones I can see, but then the likelihood is they've reproduced already and there's little tiny crawlers everywhere. So yeah. Uh, so anything with you know, more than sort of five mealybugs, I would probably leave or, you know, thrips or something like that. But if the plant looks three quarters dead, let's say, um, and there's barely any green, I might say that's a goner. But that's not to say the healthy green parts can't, you know, can't be propagated. So again, I would probably buy it and give myself that challenge. But depending on your experience, you might decide to leave it. Super. And some of us um, are beginners at growing house plants and some of us aren't but are just neglectful or <laughs> time poor and we do end up with ropey looking house plants i mean do you can you recommend plants for those people that are going to be easier to keep healthy and keep alive than others any of your favorite ones well as long as you position them in bright light on a windowsill then i would absolutely suggest cacti which are amongst my favorites they can go for months without water if they need to Um, That doesn't mean they should go months without water, but they will survive if you're a neglectful plant owner, let's say. Um, Another favourite would be, uh, for ease, is Tradiscantia. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're pretty hardy. Silver inch plant? Yes, yes, silver inch plant, yes. Um, And they come in a variety of colours. And if they do start to look worse for wear, they can very easily be cut back and will regrow and can be propagated very easily. I was going to say they're good propagators aren't they they will just want to make babies don't they yeah there's some plants that just want to grow and they're one of them um, but if you like sort of a larger sort of statement plant you could try something like a philodendron imperial green mm. which are super tough hardy plants um, they tolerate a little less light than others but again that doesn't mean they should be put in the back of the room i love phalaenopsis orchids i think they are a really reliable plant to grow and there's nothing better than watching it rebloom. Um, the key to this again is putting them close to a window and soaking the pot when the bark is dry and the roots are like a silvery colour. Uh, when you water a phalaenopsis, you'll notice the roots turn green, and this shows that they are hydrated. When they look 
a silver colour, this is your cue to water again. So for me, this is a plant that shows you exactly what it needs and when. So I think for me, that's a, that's a simple plant. I know some people struggle, but once you know, it's quite easy. <laughs> I love that. It makes the hardest thing sound, sound simple. But do you think it's possible then for anyone to be a plant rescuer? I absolutely do. And all it takes is some research and showing a little bit of interest in your plant. That is all it needs. And, um, you know, trial and error, a bit of experimenting. It's good for us all. We learn from that as well. So I would encourage everybody to give it a go. It's super rewarding and it's better for the planet. Thanks for listening to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts and never miss an episode. If you've enjoyed this episode, please tell others about it and rate us in your podcast provider app.